You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Jesus Christ, prophet, priest, and king is our subject. And for all Bible students to learn more about the Lord Jesus Christ is something that is really critical and something that we would want to do. And our subject this evening is based upon more, knowing more of the Lord Jesus Christ and more of God, his Father. We believe this subject is very important. In fact, we believe it's critical to salvation. There is a verse... which may or may not pop up on the screen. Um, I might ask for some assistance from Brian if I could. I can see it here. Uh, we're familiar with the verse in John 17. It was referred to in this morning's exhortation, you may recall, that life eternal is based upon knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. It's not a passing phrase. It's not something that is just a throw-in line, but if you want eternal life, that is based on knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and God. That word for know is the Greek word genosko. You can see it there on the screen. And genosko means to know absolutely, to be aware of, to have knowledge of, to understand. So we need to come to understand everything that we possibly can as revealed in the word of God about Jesus Christ and about God. In Amos chapter 7, we are told here just how transparent Almighty God is. It's not as though things were done in secret, but God has made everything aware and everything in the purview of those who would like to hear and learn about his plan and purpose with the earth. Amos chapter 3, an Old Testament prophecy. Surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And so God will do nothing, absolutely nothing, before he reveals it to his servants, the prophets, who may listen or who may not. A tremendous burden placed on prophets to take the message, having been chosen by God to be a prophet, to disseminate that message in a way that it can be well understood and to correct and encourage those who hear the message both to apply it in their lives and share it with any they might be able to. God will do nothing before he reveals it. The emphasis on this is really very, very strong. The teachings are provided by God so that absolutely everything that we may need to know to have hope of life in the kingdom of God is there revealed for us and will be provided for us. And that's our subject for tonight. 
we're going to be looking at Jesus Christ, who was prophet, priest, and king. He had that responsibility to share the things that his father had spoken to him. In the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is always a guide for the things that we'll see in the New, in the Old Testament there was a pattern. And in the pattern, the prophets, and examples of prophets were Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Prophets would do as we just described. They would take a message that God had given, and they would share it with those who would hear or read. Priests, under the Old Testament order, priests were Aaron, Phineas, Eli, Zadok. Those are the type of people that were priests. And kings... Saul, David, and Solomon. These are all mortal men. And they may come at things with their own bias or way of expressing them. It's what we're going to see is when we migrate from the Old Testament to the New, we're going to be having the Lord Jesus Christ as a prophet in the New Testament who is going to be speaking exactly as his father required. What a difference we see then between Old Testament and New. Christ was devoted to performing all three roles. And the first one we're going to be looking at is the Old Testament role of prophet. So we can see that a prophet reveals God's will through the prophets to the people. Uh, he foretells events that he's been told by God he takes those events and he shares them with those who will hear. They told people, prophets did, how they could live their lives. They warned of judgment which would come if they failed to change their evil ways. They prophesied events that were going to take place in the future. Old Testament prophets predicted some things that are very challenging to readers of the Bible very challenging for those readers to both hear and believe the things the prophet said. But we know that God instructed all those prophets to write these things and to predict them. The prophet Ezekiel, for example, in Ezekiel chapter 38, prophesied that in the last days, the days in which we live, the Jewish nation would exist again. It would be called Israel. He described, Ezekiel did, an invasion by Russia and her allies into Israel. He described Russia's destruction by God at that time on the mountains of Israel. He described also a very in a very precise way the content of how each of those things would happen. And it was done in such a way that other prophets who were writing of the same thing, Joel, for example, or Daniel, spoke in exactly the same way. They all understood and they predicted and prophesied as they were ordered to do by Almighty God. Amazing things. As challenging as this prophet, prophecy I just described to you in Ezekiel 38 is, God who has been accurate every other time will be accurate this time too. And the events of Ezekiel 38 will occur precisely as we've been told they would. 
the Lord Jesus will return. Armageddon will occur. The kingdom of God will be established on the earth. This is our faith and this is our hope. Well, most people hated the message of Old Testament prophets. They brought prophets and, they, uh, they, and frequently killed them because they just didn't like the things they were saying, which were so askew from the things that the people wanted to do. Very similar to the world in which we live now. The desire to read the word of God is diminishing in this country and in countries around the world because people don't want to hear what they need to hear. In Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah being one of the prophets, verse 8, his message was so despised by the people of Judah that he was mocked and he was in derision daily, the verses say. He became so distraught, he told God, I'm not going to speak in your name anymore. I'm finished. I can't do this. This is more than I can bear. But the word of God, the record says, was so built up in Jeremiah's mind that even though he wished to stop speaking, he could not. He had to speak the word of God. By tradition, Jeremiah may have been stoned by Jewish exiles in Egypt. In Hebrews 11, there is record about these Old Testament prophets. In Ezekiel 11, verse 37, they were stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Most challenging for men of faith, which these prophets were. Why did this happen to them when they're doing the will of God? Because God, they did God's will and preached a coming kingdom. And the Lord Jesus Christ would preach exactly the same message. Follow God, keep his commandments, don't do your own will, but do God's will. And the Lord Jesus Christ, as of these Old Testament prophets, was crucified as well. Well, under the law, priests had a role to perform as well. The priests represented the people before God. They identified with the people as priests. They taught the people. They came, all of them. It was essential from the tribe of Levi. Old Testament priests, an example, Aaron, Eli, Zadok. And there is a quote here in Exodus chapter 28 and verse 41. And thou shalt put, them, put on them robes, and so Moses is commanded to put robes on Aaron, thy brother, and on his sons with him, and thou shalt anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And so the priests had this, these particular roles to perform under the law. But also in Old Testament times, there were those that were kings. And the kings, again, mortal men, just like the priests were, just like the prophets were, the king, however, was slightly different in that he represented God to the people. He established justice, rules, order, law, 
In the Old Testament, there were kings like Saul, David, Hezekiah, and Manasseh. Some were good, some were not. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 19, we have the following quotation. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we may be like all the nations. And so Israel wanted to be like all the nations round about. They weren't going to follow God's rules. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So what we have then in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. And we'll see somewhat of a mirror image of that in the new. If we think of a prophet as being a spokesman for God, who delivers God's message to the people, as we're told Amos, who was a prophet in chapter 3 and verse 7 described, he would also need to prove and agree that this was something the Lord Jesus did. So what we'd like to do is we'd like to take a look at a most remarkable verse a series of verses in Deuteronomy 18. And for this subject, Jesus Christ, prophet, priest, and king, if you've not got this verse marked or highlighted in some way in your Bible, it may be worth considering. Because the things that are described in these verses are very, very remarkable. We'd like to show to you that in Deuteronomy, spoken by Moses so many, many years ago, he is referring directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at those verses. Deuteronomy 18, first verse 15. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet. And so God will raise up the prophet from the midst of thee. So this prophet would be Jewish. Of thy brethren, which he would be, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. So God raises up this prophet with the instruction that everybody needs to hearken or pay attention to the things that he says. Verse 18. I will raise them up, a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and put my words in his mouth. Well, the prophets recited the words of God in the Old Testament, but this prophet is going to have God's words put in his mouth. We'll see that in action in a few minutes. And he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And so this prophet is going to do exactly as is commanded by Almighty God. Verse 19. Whosoever will not hearken unto the words which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. And so this prophet, who is going to be related to God, chosen by God, with God's words in his mouth, people are required to listen to the things that prophet says. And if they do not, God will require it of them which means that there will be judgment upon any who hear the word which Jesus Christ spoke and does not follow it. 
many Bibles have got a center margin in them. And so you've got the biblical text on both sides, and in the center there is a margin. And the margin has got references of verses. And so if you look at a verse and you see little letter, it will take you perhaps to the center margin where you're then instructed to go back to another passage to see where the antecedent is or where it's fulfilled earlier, later on. It is quite remarkable to think and to see that from Deuteronomy 18, verse 15 and 18, there are references from the New Testament that go back to Deuteronomy 18. So let's take a look at several of those. And the first one we're going to look at is Luke chapter 24. So Luke 24 comes from Deuteronomy 18. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, that's Jesus Christ, expounded unto them all the scripture, in the scriptures, all the things concerning himself. And if you look at your center margin, it will say, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 18, because that's where the idea came from. As far as the non-inspired translators were concerned, that's a verse in Deuteronomy that is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. The next one is John 12, verse 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, Jesus Christ. He gave me a commandment, what I should say, what I should speak. That is precisely what we see here in Deuteronomy 18, the middle verse. And he shall speak unto them all that I command him. Thirdly, take a look at John chapter 14 and verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Once again, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, I'm speaking my Father's words. I'm not speaking my own words. This is not something that is open for interpretation, but these words are mine because God put them into me. And lastly, Luke 4 and verse 43. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. What Jesus said, where Jesus went, what Jesus was doing, all those things were ordered by God. So here is this man, this prophet, who is fulfilling God's word in this particular way. Well, there are other references that show that Jesus Christ is a prophet. And so in Matthew chapter 21, we'll read from verses 9 to 11. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. And so there's the Lord Jesus Christ out and a large multitude gathers and follows him. And as they're following, they're crying out, Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And when he arrives at Jerusalem, the people in the city are wondering, what exactly is going on here? And the multitude said, the ones that were following the Lord, this is Jesus, the prophet of Galilee. There they are, and it's not denied by anyone saying Jesus is a prophet. Luke chapter 24, verse 18. And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering said unto him, that's Jesus, art thou the only stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? The crucifixion had taken place. Disciples like Cleophas were distraught because the Lord had been crucified. Many were not aware that he had been raised from the dead at this point. Cleophas had not. And when he's walking along the road with an acquaintance or his wife were unsure, the Lord came up to Cleophas and said, what's happening? And Cleophas is beside himself because this man doesn't know what occurred. And so Jesus then says to him, and he said unto them, what things? And they, Cleophas and the other, said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. As far as Cleophas, the disciple of Christ was concerned, this was a prophet, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in Acts 3, verse 20, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. It preached in Deuteronomy, preached in other places. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. They would have been familiar with Ezekiel 38. They would have been aware that something was going to happen which would lead to the formation of the kingdom of God. They knew that Jesus Christ, after he was raised, would stay in heaven until the restitution of all things, the appointed day when he would return to set up the kingdom of God upon the earth, which God hath spoken by the mouth of the holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you. That's Deuteronomy 18. And unto you and your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. Amazing prophecies occurring right before our eyes. Jesus Christ, as our title describes, was a prophet. Luke 21 was a prophecy given by the Lord. It was given by Jesus about 33 AD. And he speaks this absolutely amazing prophecy at this time. And the prophecy that he speaks is about a number of events that will occur. And I'd like you to just open your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 21, where we can see this. So Luke chapter 21, and we're going to pick it up in 
verse 24. And so here's the Lord prophesying about 33 AD, almost immediately before he's crucified. Luke 21, verse 24. And the Lord says, they, the people of Jerusalem, will fall by the edge of the sword. They'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And that happened. They were trodden down. For almost 1,900 years, they were a proverb and a byword, traveling from country to country, kicked out of Spain, kicked out of Portugal, kicked out of Britain, kicked out of all countries of Europe. But then, in 1967, they came back to Jerusalem. It was trodden down until the times of the Gentiles were fulfilled. And most of us in, that room, in this room have seen the fulfillment of that prophecy. They gained the city of Jerusalem. Whoever would have thought that that would happen? But we've seen it. And it has been fulfilled because God put those words into Jesus' mouth that he might say them. Well, let's consider a prophecy which Jesus gave that refers to you and I. It's in John 3, John 5, verse 24. And the Lord says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. So Jesus is moving the the thought process of the people away from him to God who is the prime mover of everything that takes place. If you believe on him that sent me, you have everlasting life and will not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Many people would die. Most people would die. Everyone died who heard the words that Jesus spoke but they will be raised from the grave. And if they've had faith, they will be given everlasting life. Jesus passed this prophecy, and it's recorded for us in John 5. Carrying on in the same chapter to verse 28, we have the following. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all they that are gathered in graves shall hear his voice. So dead in grave, turn to dust and they're going to be reformed in some way and they will hear his voice remarkable prophecy and they will come forth they that have done good unto resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto resurrection of damnation so those that hear the word of god and are aware of the things that are preached have an obligation to follow those things because based upon this verse and other verses like in Daniel chapter 10, they're going to be giving an account of themselves at the judgment seat of Christ.
Well, Christ is a priest. And we're told that in chapter 4 of Hebrews. Verse 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest, the writer to the Hebrews says, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was on all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So those connected to their high priest in some way which we'll learn are encouraged to come boldly through prayer to the throne of grace that they will find help in time of need. So Jesus Christ, the priest, is acting as a mediator, an intercessor between people and God. We will get help when we need help, is what this, these verses are saying. Another example of this, Jesus Christ as a priest, is in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 17 which reads, Wherefore, in all things it behooved him, Jesus Christ, to be made like unto his brethren. So he was born of a woman. He was subject to temptation and failure and sin, although he did know sin. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest because he was touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He understands the things that we go through in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Now you'll notice the underlined section in the second line here, pertaining to God. In the King James, pertaining is in italics. So it's in things to God. And that word to, is the Greek word pros, P-R-O-S. And so pros ton theos is toward God, is what the idea of that is. And the word pros is a preposition of direction or forwardness or movement. And so when one is a priest in things to God, he's moving to God on behalf of his faithful servants. That's what a high priest does. This is also picked up in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, my little children. Those, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. So the objective is don't sin, but all sin and come short of the glory of God. And so John carries on. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father the Father, or in the direction of the Father. So we have no idea how that mechanism works, but it appears from these verses and a number of others that there is involvement by the Lord Jesus Christ in prayers of forgiveness, of, for forgiveness of the saints.
like you to turn also with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 7. It's the slide that's on the screen now. Um, but we're just going to take a look at Hebrews chapter 7 and see how it is expounded there. Because the margin will be helpful for us as we look at Hebrews chapter 7. And so Hebrews chapter 7, verses 24 to 28. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ as a, as a priest. And we should say at this point that the Lord is, has three roles. Prophet, which he did while he was on the earth, before he was immortalized and raised into heaven. Priest, which he is doing now at God's right hand. And king, which is an event to follow. So, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 24. But this man, because he continueth ever. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is immortal based on this. And so we believe that God has made him immortal. And he has an unchangeable priesthood. My margin says, which passeth not away. And so again, it's emphasizing that this is a priesthood with an immortal priest. Not like the law with the old, in the Old Testament. Wherefore, he is able, verse 25, to save them to the uttermost. And the margin again, the, the Greek implies to the uttermost means forevermore. And so Christ's role as a mediator between God and man as a high priest is to help those that so desire to be saved forever in the kingdom of God which has been promised. For such an high priest, Jesus Christ became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled. You can see the characteristics of the Son of God. Separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. Well, a Levitical priest needed to offer up sacrifices for his own sin daily and then for the people's. But the Lord Jesus Christ, it says here in verse 27, did this once when he offered up himself. So the Lord was the offering and he was the priest. He benefited from the sacrifice that was made, but he offered that sacrifice on behalf of all who would walk in godly ways and be exercised in the word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is also a king. We're about to see Jesus as both priest and king. But under the law, this was impossible. Nobody could be a priest and a king under the law because a priest must come from the tribe of Levi. He couldn't come from any other tribe. And a king could not come from the tribe of Levi. And so it would be impossible for a person to be a king and a priest under the law. But we're told that the king who would sit on David's throne forever in the kingdom would be from the tribe of Judah, a descendant of David. Therefore, the priest and the king could never be the same person. God had arranged it that way. Priests and kings are separate. But with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
prophet, priest, and king. It will happen. So there's going to be a marked change when the Lord Jesus Christ becomes king. There was a man named King Uzziah. He was a king of Judah. And in 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5, he was a righteous king, and he decided that he would like to become a priest as well. So he was faithful, and the, way, the record says when he was lifted up, he decided to go into the temple and make offerings. Well, the priests went ballistic. They were livid because he shouldn't be doing that. But he continued on. We remember the story. And in the middle of him offering up sacrifice as a priest and a king, leprosy rose up in his head. He was thrown out of the kingship. He was thrown out of the city. And he died in disgrace. So the high priest could not be a king. Well, the characteristics of high priest and king are really quite something. The high priest showed mercy. The king showed justice. This is the goodness and the severity of God, mercy and truth. Only one person could show those characteristics, and that would be Jesus Christ the Lord. So he then will be a king priest. God had set up a law and then it was modified. And with the Lord Jesus Christ, it will be modified. But the modification came much earlier because there was another king priest. Can you think who it was? Well, it was in our reading in Psalm 110. It was Melchizedek who was a king and a priest. And Melchizedek is only referred to in about four areas of scripture. In Genesis 14, when he met Abraham and was the first king that we're, we know of, of Jerusalem, and a priest of the Most High. Secondly, in Psalm 110, and thirdly, in Hebrews. So we're going to be just taking a look for a couple of minutes into Hebrews chapter 5. to see about this man, Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 5, and we're going to just look at verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. It wasn't something that Jesus Christ chose to do. But he said unto him, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so there's a link between the Melchizedek king-priest order and that of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 6, verse 20. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then chapter 7, verse 1. For Melchizedek, the king of Jerusalem, priest of the Most High, met Abraham after the slaughter. He was without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end, just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11. If therefore for perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, 
or under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? And so it's a rhetorical question because the law couldn't fulfill what it needed to fulfill. The Lord Jesus Christ is not of the Aaronic law, the law of Moses, but he's following after the things that Melchizedek said. But as the king who will represent God to the people throughout the millennium, Christ will rule the earth and establish justice as we saw. It's a crossover between king and priest, mercy and justice. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ is king. So we can see several places where this is described. In Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 33, an angel comes to Mary and tells her before she has her child, behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Mary knew her son would be the king of the earth before he was born and shall reign over the house of Jacob and even until the end of the kingdom there shall be no, uh, no end. In Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 we're told there that the Lord Jesus would be coming on a colt on the foal of an ass and the verses say as the people gathered around rejoicing rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout O daughter of Jerusalem behold thy king cometh unto thee he is just and having salvation lowly and riding upon a colt the foal of an ass but the Lord will be doing much more when he comes as king Revelation 17. And he shall make war with the lamb, and these shall make war with the lamb. Those are the ones that are in opposition when the kingdom comes. And he shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords, King of kings, and they are called faithful. Quite remarkable, all these things we're seeing of the Lord Jesus Christ, prophet priest, and king. Well, how does knowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ is prophet, priest, and king impact us? So what does it mean? Is this just an intellectual exercise, or is there more? Well, we know the Lord is not king now, but he's a king in prospect. But because of our faith, when God promised he would be king, we believe that he will be king. We believe God will do what he has promised, but belief is not enough. We need to make a choice. Who are we going to serve in 2022, in the few years that we have to live? This world of evil or the world of almighty God? Well, our reading, our introductory reading was Psalm 110. And in our conclusion, we'd just like to turn to Psalm 110 because it takes all the things of the Lord Jesus Christ that we've considered this evening and ties them together. It's what he's going to do and what the kingdom will be like. 
and each of us can be there by grace and mercy of God. The Lord, it's block capitals, so it's Almighty God, said unto my Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, at the time of this particular psalm, Christ has been raised from the grave, immortalized, and he's in heaven at God's right hand. And he's going to, and is sitting at God's right hand until God decides that the enemies of God will be made thy footstool. Footstool is an interesting word, you know, a lot of older people would tend to have a footstool in their home to rest their feet on. And so the enemies of God are going to be like a footstool. They will be brought that low. The Lord, that is God, will send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. And so Christ will be involved and God will be involved in the strength coming out of Zion. It will take a thousand years to subjugate the people of the nations to the will and the rule of God. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. In verse 3 is a verse that relates to all Bible students. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Each one of us should be looking every morning, rising up early, looking for the time that's going to happen when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Be willing in the day of God's power, in Christ's power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. And so when immortality is granted and those that are holy are made immortal, there will be beauty of holiness at that time. The morning thou hast cast the dew of thy youth, everyone in the kingdom will be young because they'll be immortal, non-dying, non-corrupting. It will be an absolutely wonderful time for many, many, many years. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Melchizedek priesthood fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord at God's right hand will strike through the kings in that day of his wrath. And just imagine the judgments that will take place. The Ezekiel 38 passage that we looked at will be fulfilled as promised. He shall judge, verse 6, among the Gentiles. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. Any who are not interested in walking in godly ways will cease to exist. And he shall wound the head Yours says heads, and so does mine, but it should be singular. It's the head of sin. It's the serpent head. He shall wound the head over many countries. And so there will be a crushing of sin in all the nations of the earth, unlike what it is now. And he, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall drink of the brook in the way. There will be no tiredness. There will be no exhaustion. There will only be glory to God in heaven. Therefore shall he lift up the head. This is a different head. This is your head. This is my head. Granted immortality by the grace of God and able to walk before God through time without end. And so let us think of the great promises that have been made, fulfilled, completed, both in the Old Testament and the New. 
Let us walk humbly before our God and strive to keep all his commandments. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org if you enjoyed the episode then please share it with others until next time may god bless you in your studies and your walk towards god's kingdom amen